Our experiences are what define us. Everything in your life can teach you. We call these our defining moments. Now, join Debbie Montgomery Johnson and her featured guest as they help you stop hiding things in your life and instead learn to embrace them and stand proud. It's Defining Moments, and it begins now. Here is your host, Debbie Montgomery Johnson. Hello, everybody. This is Debbie Montgomery Johnson with Defining Moments, and I'm, again, so happy to be here this week. I have the most amazing guest. She is a, what I call her, a friend from afar. She and, <laughs> Christy and I met, and we actually didn't even meet. We were at a conference in California, the California Women's Conference in Long Beach, this past spring, and I was presenting, and I think Chrissy was presenting, but it was interesting because when I got a card from her, someone said, well, didn't you hear her on stage? And I'm thinking, no, I didn't hear anybody on stage because I was backstage practicing for my own thing. <laughs> so when I met her uh, online, I was we were together on a podcast. I was so excited, but I'm going to first say welcome, Christy Arnett, to Defining Moments. Thank you so much for having me, Debbie. And honestly, this is so exciting because I remember you on stage. And from that event, look what you've created. This is incredible. And I get to be a part of that. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Well, it was an amazing opportunity. And we actually met right after I had been presented with the award of the Voice America well, the Voice America show, and I was totally blown away because that I didn't know that was going to happen, and I, you know, I had not thought about going on to the radio, and it, it's been so much fun. I've had the most amazing guests, but what I like to do before I call someone up to, you know, kind of connect with them, is I Google them. I learned that, <laughs> I learned that after uh, after I had had my opportunity to be scammed by someone, um, and I had Googled him and couldn't find anything. Now, I Google everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, when I got your card, I was looking at it, and my friend gave it to me on the airplane as we were flying back to the East Coast. And I'm like, I wonder who this woman is, you know, young, pretty, what does she do? She's got this WTF thing. And I'm like, well, I don't usually say the F word, but I thought that was quite interesting. (laughs) And I looked you up and the first thing I saw, which absolutely made me giggle, was that you were part of the World Poker Association. And you played poker. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my kids, my boys, and my late husband would have loved meeting you because they're all big poker players and this show is not going to be about poker but I just thought that was so extraordinary for a young woman for a woman period I didn't really know there were a lot of women in that field and I'm thinking what fun that'd be a great thing to talk to her about in addition to some other things yeah absolutely and it's so funny that you say that because one of my defining moments is I was scammed not nearly for the amount that you were or the, I'm not comparing the two, but I did Google this person and what I found wasn't pretty, but you know, the things are, the tricks our minds play when we think that we want something and oh my gosh, I have learned that lesson too. And I'm also really happy to hear that when someone Googles me, what they find is interesting things like poker. I'm glad poker comes up because 
you know, I just, I guess I never really Googled myself, so I don't really know. <laughs> it's a good thing to do, really. Um, I, I, for good and bad, and it's the, that's the interesting thing about the internet now is that there can be some really horrible things out there in addition to the wonderful things, and we may not know they're out there unless we check. And not to judge anybody by that, but now that I, you know, have had the experience I had, I really like to dig deep and to to find out who people are before I work with them. Absolutely. And I I was Googling someone that I'm going to work with in Washington, D.C., and I pulled up the picture, and I'm thinking, oh. And then I was reading some articles, I'm going, oh. And I actually went back to him and said, hey, I'm going to be completely transparent and honest with you. I found out A, B, C, and D. Can you just explain to me? Because I'm... I know things happen in life, and we can't be judged by what our past you know, deeds are. But sometimes, especially when you're talking about work and money and that kind of thing, you want to know who these folks are and what actually happened. And not take the word of someone who might have been angry at this person and just wanted to blow steam out the, you know, out the, out the yazoo. Because people do that, too. There's... There's that protection of, you know, they don't know who I am, so I can say whatever I want, and that damages reputations. But this today, our day today about defining moments is really a conversation about who you are and how you got into the whole WTF podcast. I want to, to explain that because um, that kind of made me made me giggle too. I'm thinking, what a great thing. Um, and then I start. I went into your onto your website, which is christyarnett.com, and then your Facebook is uh, Christy Arnett. But I saw some amazing stories with you and your guests, and I was so honored to be part of that group when we did our podcast together. But how did you get into that? What was the uh, the impetus into getting you into the podcast and a little bit away from from poker? Well, for the past decade of my life, I was a poker reporter and also a professional player. So I traveled the world getting to play poker and interview the best poker players in the world. And so in that industry, I did podcasts, video interviews, wrote tons of articles. And then when I had my one of my own defining moments, which we can talk about if that's the direction that you want to go, relationship-wise, where I had this moment where I, you know, my marriage was blowing up. I looked around my life and I realized that my relationships were, you know, my friendships, even my relationship with my sister was kind of in shambles. And I had the opportunity, as as you so beautifully talk about all the time with our defining moments, is that I got to take a look at how I had been living, where I could improve as a human and take that on. And so I went down this path of personal development and spiritual growth and learning, and it completely changed my life. My relationships are now in a better place than I could have ever imagined. And along the way, there were teachers, there were people who made a giant impact on me, either with sharing their own experience, or with mentoring me and teaching me and coaching me. And so because of what it had done for my own life, I knew that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Because I had always been an achiever, but what achievement is worth having when there's nobody in your life to share it with, when there's nobody in my life to share it with. And so that's what I wanted to be for people. And with that knowledge, I was sitting there asking myself, 
well, now what do I do with my life? And I realized that there were lots of other moments along the way where I had the opportunity to stop and say, well, what the F am I doing with my life? But I ignored those, that feedback from life or those moments, which led to my huge blow up. And so what I wanted to do was, how do we be in this question? Not in a way that causes anxiety, not in a way that makes us feel like we're going to pick the wrong thing or go down the wrong path, because often that question can bring up lots of that stuff for us. But how do we use this question to take a look around and assess, are we going down the path that we want to go? Are we creating what we want to create? And use it to empower us. And you call them defining moments. I call them WTF am I doing with my life moments or WTF moments. And I know that we all have them and we all have these opportunities to take these moments that are hard and difficult and use them to shift the trajectory of our life. And every single inspirational person, every mentor I've ever had has had those moments that shifted them or that pushed them down a different path or gave them the energy and impetus to create something great. So in that question, one of which that like all of my friends were asking, they're like, yeah, that's the question. I love that question. I'm in that myself. I decided to take action, create a podcast. I'm now writing a book, which is almost finished, which is going to be like the ultimate guide for how anybody can be in this existential crisis and guide them through it for clarity and purpose. And I get to meet incredible people like you and bring them on the show and hear their story to guide others. And it was really a question of me asking myself this, like, how do I make the biggest impact? How do I use everything that I know and have done and bring something to the world? And so since I have done all of that stuff, interviewing, videos, podcasts, writing, now I'm using that to make an impact not only with my story, but with other people's stories as well. And, and I really believe that we can take every, like no time is ever wasted. No lesson or hardship goes without instilling something in us that we can use for the future. And now I am relationship coaching and using what I know and have learned from my decade of playing poker and assessing risk and teaching people to transform their relationship with risk in a way that empowers them. It creates the lives that they want. And I, I love seeing you do that. Um, and I love how many risks that you've taken and where it's brought you and how you have created something that is just touching so many people. So that's that's the long story of how I got to be where I'm going. But as you can see, like with your story and mine, I think it's great to see or, or talk about how really nothing is lost, right? <laughs> well, that's true. And I think you posted something on Facebook, it might, might have been today, where it says every life experience can be something that we are grateful for. And you quoted Suki, Suki-san. Yes. Um, and that's true. Now, it's interesting because you've been out in in a celebrity type of a world. Uh, and I, I've heard people that are more well-known than many of us 
uh, that are actually very very quiet and not these extroverts that the the world portrays them to be. They do have some insecurities and and fears about things. And I want you to go back when you were young. And tell me, I always ask about moms, because I really mm-hmm. find that people are shaped very much by their mothers if, for good and for bad. And can you tell us a little bit about your mom and, and maybe how she directed you or, or gave you some ideas into where you want to go in life? I love that this is the direction that you go with people because it's, you're right, it is so insightful. And I was raised by my mom, just her for the first six or seven years of my life. So you're absolutely right. She completely shaped me. And she is the definition, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but she is the definition of a tiger mom. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she is, uh, she's five foot tall, born in South Korea, and tough as nails. When I grew up, I knew That what I was going to do with my life was going to be, I was going to be great because what I heard over and over was why do something if you're not going to be the best? You don't ever want to be mediocre. That word mediocre, I was just like afraid of that word no matter what it was that I did. And when I was younger, I used to just think, gosh, nothing is good enough for her. I... No grades were good enough. My GPA wasn't good enough. Even if it was a 4.0, I could have gotten extra credit. When I did gymnastics, I was a really great tumbler, but I wasn't graceful. And that was a big deal. So she pulled me out of gymnastics, even though I loved it. And what I learned from that was, or what I took from that and took into the world as far as my beliefs was that nothing is worth doing unless it it has a result, unless you can get something out of it. Like it's not worth doing it just because you enjoy it. That's what I learned from that. And so, I mean, I remember calling her on the phone because I knew I was going to get a B and I was crying and I was like, oh no, my life is over. I need to tell her before she finds out I'm getting a B. This is crazy. And so she, she really pushed me. And looking back, it's because I know that she, this is how she showed love. She wanted me to great be, be to great be great because she didn't want me to suffer as she did as a child. Where you know she grew up in a in a South Korean orphanage, she had to fight for everything. She had to fight for her survival, and it was really tough for her growing up. So she knew that if I was great at something, I would be able to provide for myself. That's an interesting story because moms, and we're not certainly bashing moms. I am a mother of four, a grandmother of three now. And I know how when my kids were little, my husband used to always say, you know, 99% of the world can dumb down, but you guys cannot. You need to rise and be the best that you can be. And I know that puts a lot of pressure on kids. But if we if we don't put a little bit of, you know, competition into them, uh, then they're going to just be mediocre. And in today's world, you need to be a go-getter. You need to make, and, and I don't care what the kids do, just as long as they do it the very best they can. And does that put pressure on them? Maybe, but I, I you know, I'm, I'm not politically correct sometimes when I don't believe everybody should get a trophy just because they played on a team. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> For yeah, sure. you should know that in, in your in your career. Um, that is certainly true. So I give your mother a lot of credit for being a little tough. 
I am typically not the tough one, but after my husband passed away, I had to learn to be the tough one. And I started using the F word every now and then, and that shocked me <laughs> that I did, but I had to, I, you know, I wasn't as large as my youngest son, and I needed to find it, get his attention. And I knew because I'd never said that word that that would definitely, you know, get him to look at me. And Sometimes we need to do that to shake the kids up, but I, I am, I'm grateful for your mom for giving you that, that background, and I know it's tough as a child, but it really is, gives you a backbone, and as you move forward, uh, and we're going to talk about this a little bit too, about moving into being a mom yourself, there are times when you need to have that little tough side, and that makes the kids stronger and makes them very self-sufficient and, uh, and it's a good thing. So, Christy, it, we're going to have to take a short break. And when we come back from that break, well, when we go on the break, I want everybody to go to ChristyArnett.com and take a look at Christy. See what she's doing. Look at her blogs. They're so neat, and they're great to listen to. There's some great nuggets that you can hear. Uh, so take a look at that. Go to my website, The Woman Behind the Smile. I've started blogging, too. I think Christy kind of gave me a kick in the pants and said, Deb, you can do this, too. And, uh, and then we'll be back, and we're going to continue on about some more of her defining moments. So thanks for, for your mom, and let's go to break. You're tuned to the Voice America Women's Channel, leading the way for your success. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Religion and faith are many different things to many different people. Once you have the basic foundations of religious faith, the rest is up to you. Listen for Everyday Spirituality with host and life coach Kimberly Tobin. We can look past the restraints of religion where it is thought that one belief is the gold standard and everything else is wrong. Spirituality can be found in everything and we can peacefully exist with different paths to belief. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Women. The Voice America Women's Channel. are listening to Defining Moments with Debbie Montgomery Johnson. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to Debbie at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. Now, back to Defining Moments. 
And welcome back, everybody. I'm having a wonderful conversation with my friend Christy Arnett, and we just talked about her mom and about how sometimes moms have to be a little bit hard or a little bit in, uh, encouraging, strongly encouraging for our children. And Christy, were there any times when I heard you say something about, you know, getting a B and making that phone call because it sounded like you feared your mom a little bit. How did you get over that fear? And did she know it? Did you ever tell her how you felt? Yeah, yes, I did tell her. And I think that we all sort of have our own hero's journey as far as our our things. And you said, did you, you know, how did you get over that? And I think in some ways, some of my life or at least my fear of failure or my, or the drive that I continue to have to, to be great, there is still, even now at 32, a little bit in me that is still like, I want to make my mom proud. And I'm a little bit afraid of what she's going to say if I'm not doing a great job. Well, keep going because I'm 59 and I'm still, I still feel that way. Although I've gotten to the point where I've gotten very brave in telling my mom how I feel. And it came from writing my book. Mm. When I wrote The Woman Behind the Smile, it wasn't just about an online dating scam. It was about my whole life and how there are things when I was a young teenager, I went away to private school and I felt like my mom and dad got to know my best friend better than me because I was gone. And I never, ever told them that. And I know they didn't ever feel that way, but I did. And that that shaped me and my relationships with people. And I took my mom on a cruise last year when I was bringing, uh, I was coming out for the first time with a book. And it was just my mom and I. And we had the nicest, most honest conversations after she read the book. Because mm-hmm. she finally, after all these years, could see how I felt. And, and I could see how she felt about things. And it's interesting how we hide our stories from our own family members. Of the safest place in the world, our families should be that safe place. And by wanting to protect them or not wanting to let them down, to this day, I don't want to let my parents down. And I, I, there have been times in my life when I did, and I still feel that, oh, why did I do such and such? And, you know, I'm a grown mom, and, and I'm learning things that my kids are doing or my brothers have done. That's the fun. The most fun thing is to get together with my brothers after all these years and sit down with my parents and start telling them our stories. And they're thinking, why are you telling us now? <laughs> but it's very, it's very um, not therapeutic, but it's fun to hear the stories and especially to hear it from a sibling's point of view, to hear what they have to say about the same thing you've been talking about. And you hear their side and go, wow, that would really change the story in my mind if I had known you guys thought A, B, C, and D. Right. So, you know, I'm sure your mother, I know your mother is extraordinarily proud of you and what you're doing. And, you know, she might laugh when she hears the W2F too. I don't know what she thinks. But the stories that you've been able to bring out, the fear that people have of opening up is huge. And it's that, I love the acronym fear for false expectations appearing real. Mm -hmm. The fear is only in our mind. So when you first came out and started telling your stories, how did you get over that fear? What was the step and who might have been with you to encourage you to, to get out? Well, first, I, I also want to say, Debbie, I just like really acknowledge you for 
the the courage with which you live your life. And I remember on our interview, you talked about how you had been quiet for a lot of your life. You'd stayed quiet and that now you're even creating the opening for your family to really speak, to really be honest. And you can see the growth that continues to happen when the chasm that tends to grow between people, like what lies in that is words unsaid. So I just really acknowledge you for that. And I think that I am not sure if there was ever a time where I, I just like decided to be honest and open with my stories. I think that it's just something that I've always done, but one of the, the biggest first um, blog posts that I ever did that really got a lot of uh, feedback was about when I talked about my own struggle with social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like the first time I really put something out there. And, and how many people commented and just said, Man, me too. Thank you so much for talking about that. I think maybe that's when I realized the power of community, of togetherness and with that happens when one person is willing to put themselves out there. I totally agree. It's the safety in numbers mm-hmm. and knowing that the amazing thing the, the amazing thing I've seen is that once I start telling my story, then people are willing to tell me their stories. And my story might be the same as theirs in, you know, in a little di- different version. I think you actually put something out recently on Facebook about the heartache you've been having trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that rang true to me because I, I felt the same way when I was, when I was first married and, and thinking about having children. And then I had, you know, in the course of however many years I have had children, uh, say 10 years, um, I actually had three miscarriages. And nobody talks about a miscarriage, and I know that you found this out, no one talks about it until you have one. And then everybody comes out of the woodwork, and they start telling you about when they had it and whatever. And I think that's true with almost any event, any defining moment we have. There are people out there having the same defining moment, thinking that they're alone and they don't want to tell. So I want you to be able to tell your defining moments today, if you're willing. And we said we we're going to go down this path of, first off, the confession. We're going to go back in time a little bit. And again, I can feel, I can feel you on this one, because this happened to me too. When you and your hubby have been, I don't know how many years you've been married. Can you tell, can you tell me? Six, six and a half years, but we've been together for almost 13. <laughs> okay. So at that point, um, you write about love and life and things that have happened. Mm-hmm. So your relationship with your husband, can you explain a little bit about how that has transitioned over time? And I know it's great now, but how, what are the ebbs and flows of your relationship as far as defining moments go? Yeah, absolutely. So... We met when I was 19 and he was 22. We were young and fell in love really quickly. And from the day we met, we spent pretty much every single day together. And there was 
a time where I was like, I knew that I needed to leave Indiana. And I was like, I'm going to Vegas. You can come with me or without, or I'm going with or without you. And he came. And a couple of years later, we got married. But there's something about being in your mid-20s, something about perhaps when reality sets in of the the life that you're leading. And and also, I think here's the time, too, where we have the opportunity to really find out who we are. And during that time, a, a little after our marriage and us living in Vegas and going through some struggles as far as staying connected, and he at the time was already playing poker professionally, which is in itself a lonely and difficult pursuit with the ups and downs and his his doubt of his ability to provide. There's a lot going on there. And for me, I was struggling with social anxiety, really, really struggling with it. And my anxiety was something that was difficult for him to be around. And bringing it back to even my own upbringing, which is like achieve, achieve, achieve. When he was going through his hard time and he was feeling depressed and alone, I would try to fix him. And I would try to just work harder because maybe if I worked harder, he wouldn't have to feel all this pressure from poker. But what that created was separation. And and also just like a, a real lack of vulnerable connection. When he would look at me and say, like, I'm sad. I didn't have I could I didn't have the space at the time to hold it. I didn't know how. My mom never hugged or talked about feelings. And if I cried, it was like uh, stop, <laughs> you know, and I just didn't have the capacity. And with neither of us willing to address what was really happening, I think he made decisions that would ultimately push us to a decision point. And about three years into our marriage, I found out that he'd had an affair and it was devastating. I found out, you know, it was like, it was like, you know, a week, and I found out a week and a half after it started, and man, everything that I thought I knew about life, where my life was going, everything I thought I knew about love was suddenly turned upside down, and I didn't know who I was. I didn't know if anything I had ever done meant anything, and of course, I think what happens when your most important human in the world chooses to be with someone else in, in, in the most intimate way. I think it's natural to sort of question, my, like my, I, I think it was sort of natural for me to question my own worth, my, what would I have to give? Am I well, even pretty, you know? And, and that was like, sorry, that was, a huge moment, but opportunity really to take a look. What have I created? How did I create this and what can come of this? Yeah. Well, that's, that's very raw. And, and, and I, I feel what you're saying because the same thing happened to me, but it was 11 years after it had happened. And that's when I know I felt, I questioned myself. I questioned, Oh my gosh, why didn't I see it? Why didn't I know about it? Uh, what could I have done differently? It all became about me. And I remember um, Lou sitting me down after it happened. And he said, Deb, this has nothing to do with you. 
it's all about me. And it was all about, you know, what I was going through. And of course, I started looking back going, oh my gosh, I was so busy with the kids that we had his mother-in-law living with us. I was working, I was doing all these things. And I was treating my husband like maybe he was another one of the children, but not even as good because I was spending more time with the kids. And so I turned it all on me. And then you get angry. It's You go through the, the grief part of it because the person that you trusted the most with your life, for me anyway, and, and I was a stay-at-home mom, um, it, it just pulls the rug out from underneath you. And I don't know that we ever got the trust back that we had what I thought we had prior to that. Um, and unfortunately, you know, he passed away seven years ago. So there was still that angst a little bit as we, I, I knew I was going to keep the relationship together, but how could I move forward? And I hid it. I hid that story uh, until my book came out because I was so conscious of, of you know, f- making the family look perfect and making sure that no one knew that we had problems. And you're out in the limelight too in, in your, you know, business. And when this happened, did you feel that way? Did you hide it or did you let people know? How did you deal with that? I definitely hid it at first. And, and I think that you're right about sometimes especially women, I think we, we tend to look at what we've done wrong. And I think that at least how I approach life and how I approach my coaching is that we do get to take 100% responsibility for the choices that we've made in the way that we've treated people. And even should we make the choice to continue in the relationship, we even get to take responsibility for our own ability to trust. But that doesn't mean that we don't get to set boundaries. It doesn't mean that we don't get to choose how we will be treated, like what we will and will not accept. And I think that that's, I just really want to say how important I think that that is, that um, it's not, it's like blame and is, is different than responsibility. Responsibility gives space for growth. Blame keeps us stuck, whether it's blame on ourselves or just blame only on the other person. And, you know, I just, I I appreciate you also telling the truth of, you know, this is, you know, here was my contribution and, and also the kind of what it felt like to have things left unfinished in a way but how you still take that pain and turn it into continuing to tell the truth now. Well, and, and there are many women out there that have gone through what we went through that are hiding it to this day and don't feel safe enough to be able to express it to family members, to friends, to anybody. And that's part of it. That's part of the healing is to get it out, find again, find somebody safe to talk to. And and I had a hard time with that, again, because I was so concerned about what people would think. And even after Lou died, I didn't want to disparage any reputations. And I'm finally like, you know what? There are a lot of women that knew us that are not taking care of their own marriages right now as best they may sh- maybe should be. And maybe they can learn something from what we went through. And that's the goal, is what can others learn from our stories so that they don't have to live it themselves. You know, that's always exactly. been my goal, is to save them. So, Christy, we're going to have to, we're coming to a short break again. 
And when we get back, we're going to talk about some more defining moments. And I can't believe how quickly this time was going. But I want folks to go take a drink, get a drink of water, refresh your bodies, refresh your mind. Check out Christy's website. Check out my website. And then come back and we're going to continue this conversation. This is Voice America Women. We are leaders in the forward movement of women's success. Do you find yourself working tirelessly to keep your business going? Are you finding out that you don't have time for family, friends, any kind of personal life whatsoever? It's time to stop feeling trapped by your business. Tune in to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. You'll hear from guests that will help you work on your business instead of constantly in your business and get your life back while the business keeps running and humming. Reclaim Your Freedom airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life if you've always wanted to take the lead in your life but you don't believe you are a leader then it's time to change that mindset leadership expert linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision and leadership can be learned find out more on leadership stars Every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. The Voice America Women's Channel. You are listening to Defining Moments with Debbie Montgomery Johnson. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to Debbie at smile.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. Now, back to Defining Moments. I want to welcome everybody back from our break. Uh, Christy and I have been talking about some of our very raw defining moments uh, as far as infidelity and things that have happened in our in our married life. And Christy, we're going to move on a little bit about what's going on in your life today and those things that are that you're struggling with um, privately, which actually you're putting out on Facebook and other places. But not to not to say "woe is me," but to to elicit you know, discussion and try to get some education about what to do about having a baby. And I know this is tough, but you are such a um, an open person. And I'm glad that you brought this up on Facebook because it needs to be talked about. Could you just kind of explain your journey now with you and your hubby and the things that you're going through and, and what's giving you the strength to get through it? Sure. So first of all, I think I've always had this fear ever since I was 19 years old that I wouldn't 
for some reason, be able to have kids because I had an ovarian cancer tumor removed when I was 19. So I only have half of an ovary. And we both have kind of been in this fear, but knowing that there are options, we kind of just never really addressed it because as you know, there were parts in our relationship where we weren't really able to talk about the hard stuff. But as our relationship has gotten better than it's ever been, we are like freaking so excited to make a human that we're in such a hurry. It feels like we're in such a hurry because we're so happy and we just want to create life and be parents together in this next chapter. So we started sort of trying a, about a year, almost two years ago. And then last summer I got pregnant And what's interesting is we got pregnant during a two-week vacation in an RV where neither of us really had our phones and we were not working, spending time in nature, state parks, the whole thing, and we got pregnant. I ended up miscarrying at like nine and a half for 10 weeks. And since then, we haven't been able to get pregnant. And it's been about seven, eight, actually almost... Uh, yeah, about eight months. And so, of course, we've been looking at all the other options, all the possibilities. We have been really public about it. So, so many people are sharing with me what worked for them. I mean, Debbie, I'm serious. I am. I did acupuncture. I did pressure point massage, myofascial release. I have been doing handstands. <laughs> I mean, I am trying it all. I'm willing to try it all. Um, but where I and we've also gone down the path of learning about IVF. Is that a possibility? I'm 32. Do we need to freeze eggs? I only have half of an ovary. How does this even work? I'm learning a lot about the reproductive system. And what I have found is that first, the best thing is to get the facts. I mean, this is important for anything, any endeavor that we take on, get the facts. So I had some testing done to assess my ovarian reserve and all these things, like get the facts. Is it true that uh, IVF is the best option given what I know, you know, because if you ask an IVF doctor, they're going to say you need to do this. So one, get the facts. That's what I've done. And what I realize is I have time, you know, I have time to, to try. And then the other thing is that if I really looked at how often I put myself under stress, anxiety, working really hard, how many hours I work a day, And then I look back at the one time I did get pregnant was on a two-week vacation. I think there's something to look at there. And so it's just really been this roller coaster. But I I am super optimistic. And I can't wait to start this. And I love hearing from people like you who have been a parent, who have seen not only how hard it is, but how amazing it is. I just, I can't wait and I'm super optimistic and I know it's it's going to happen soon. Well, and that's, that's the positive that you need to keep into your, into your mind and in your heart. And I was, as you were talking, I'm thinking, she needs vacation again. You need to unplug and get away um, and just relax because I found that, you know, after I had mine, the, the more pressure you put on yourself, obviously the stress is affecting your body and then you're, you're not going to get pregnant, but in time, 
if it's meant to be is the way I put it, it will be. And mm-hmm. it is, there are great joys, there are, you know, there are great sorrows, there are great uh, everything in being a parent. Um, but, you know, not all parents birth their kids. My, uh, I've remarried in the, well, it'll be two years in October, the end of October, two weeks. And my husband and his first wife adopted two kids. And, you know, they went through the whole, they had a miscarriage, they went through the whole um, program that you're going through, and they chose to adopt. And it was a great experience. And there are a lot of children out there that are waiting for great parents uh, to welcome them into their forever family. So there are a lot of options, and we don't have time to talk about those, but I do encourage folks to do research on all aspects of it. And, and the hardest part is that it hurts your heart. And I think I want to encourage you, Christy, the most is to make sure you and your husband are talking and and really being honest about the feelings because I look back and think back about when I had my miscarriage and, and I actually lost one at 19 and a half weeks and we named, it was a little boy and we named him and all the attention is put on the moms and the mom's well-being and their health and all that. And I think that probably Lou and men that have been in his position get left behind and people mm-hmm. don't acknowledge how the dads are feeling and the loss that they feel because it was their loss also. And I encourage you to, to you know, to love your hubby and, and find those hugging moments and holding hands. CJ and I, when we have things that we need to talk about, and we do this quite often, is that we take walks and we hold hands. Because it really, there's a connection physically and, and then a, the connection emotionally. And it gives you, again, courage to speak up about whatever's going on in your lives. So it's spending time together and it's unplugging, you know, mm. don't, not texting about how you feel or emailing how you feel. It's sitting or walking together, go back out to nature and, and really, you know, assess what's going on and how you feel. And I, my heart goes out to you. When I, when I was reading your story, I was feeling, oh my gosh, she's such a beautiful young woman and she wants this so badly, which we all do. Um, that I just, my heart goes to you. And I know that it will work out whatever whatever happens. Um, but just, just hang in there, my dear. Hang in there because you are young. And people hate to say that while you're, you know, you're still young. You've got plenty of time. Um, it's still, it's a heartache when it happens. And you wonder why does it happen? And you'll never know why it happened. Uh, it's just, I feel it was God's way of saying, okay, this one's not ready for you, <laughs> you know, or, and, uh, and someone else will be down when I, when I lost our little boy, his name is John Henry. I, after I got over it, um, physically, I had to start thinking, you know, so what was the reason for this? And I, this, I actually already had two boys at that time. And my next baby, I did get pregnant, not too, you know, probably within a year of him, um, being miscarried, I had my Jenny. And I figured, well, John Henry just wanted to make room for his sister. And so that's how I had to feel. And some, I feel that someday we will all be together as a family. And I'll have that chance to raise that little boy. But until you have your first, you're always going to wonder, why me? And when's it going to happen? But just relax. That defining moment will happen in whatever way it's meant to be. And um, I, I honor you for, for talking about it and putting it out there. And go with your heart. Not everything that other people will tell you is good for you. But I'm grateful that your friends are, are contributing to this conversation. 
and uh, and I hope that they continue to do so because it really opens it up. Again, you've opened up a discussion that many, many women need to hear. And have you put this on your podcast or is it just on your Facebook? No, it's in my it's in a podcast as well. In a podcast mm-hmm. too. And uh, who were you talking to when you did your podcast? It was a solo episode. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and um, I also actually Andrew actually was on it on part of it as well. And yeah, I just I just want to say like I, I appreciate you saying that because they do get left behind and I I just yeah, I I think that it's so important that they they get to in not only just this, but men in general get to speak their truth. Because in so many ways we make that our society makes it not okay for them. So that's really important. Well, to show emotion, period. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, I, I look at my boys and bless their hearts that as they get married and they're having their kids now, uh, I, I continually say, boys, make sure you talk. Make sure you, you know, like me, they don't like contention. So a lot of times they just want to stuff it. And like, you're doing a disservice to your wife and to your marriage if you cannot talk about calmly about whatever comes up in your life and express those emotions. When my husband passed away, my boys were 15 to 23. And my father, who lost his dad early, is like, Deb, you've got to get the boys to talk because Mm -hmm. my dad ended up having severe depression and and just having a meltdown in his mid-50s. And he was so concerned about the boys because he knew I would talk. He knew I would be okay. He knew Jenny would be okay. But the boys needed to express. And the two older ones were getting married, they could. But my youngest one didn't have anybody but me. And he wouldn't talk because he thought it would make me sad. And now at 23, he's the one that is learning to express feelings. And it's really tough. Yeah. You know, it's definitely. tough. And definitely. And I know I know that, um, you know, we're, we're running out of time here. And I would love just the opportunity to kind of bring this full circle. Because you've brought so much out of me. And I just, I... When you asked about my mom, you know, what she brought, the defining moments there. And now as we're ending this interview and I am talking about this next chapter, which I love you so amazingly have led and, and can speak from the other side of this chapter and how you live your life as well. And what I aim to is that with every new chapter with every new life it's like we get to at least this is what I'm looking to now is how do I take what my mother has brought to me not only the lessons the love the pain and how do I use that to move myself forward as far as a mom and what I create for my children and the generation next and I think that with all defining moments, with whether they're celebrations, whether they're, um, you know, down on your knees in pain and anguish, like that is the question that we get to ask ourselves is how will this move us forward? And I just, I just love what you're doing. I loved the opportunity to kind of like bring that full circle as far as like where you've led this conversation. And I really wanted to get that in there. So thank you. 
Well, I want to thank you. And, and, and honestly, it goes back to you handing your card to my girlfriend back in California uh, because we live on separate coasts and we our paths might have crossed at some point, but I'm so grateful that they did because I love watching young women um, doing their greatest thing in life, and that is supporting each other and supporting the stories of others. And what, part of my stand-up series is to make it noteworthy. And I'm, I really admire that you've written your book, that you do all these podcasts, but that you're putting it out there so that others can feel your love and your grace and your experiences and know that they're not alone. And that's this whole, that's the whole story behind Defining Moments is to know that we're not alone and that, you know, we, we're not down here to be going through this whole experience of life by ourselves. And so thank you for being a part of my life and coming into my life at a time when I was, you know, a little vulnerable going out to California and putting my story out there to the world. Um, but how exciting it was for me to get some validation and some love from someone I didn't even know. <laughs> and that's the greatest thing because now we've become these, you know, faraway friends and can see each o- what each other is doing and writing and, and contribute to each other and encourage and support. And I know great things are going to continue in your life. And I wish you and Andrew all the best in whatever happens. And going forward, give your mom a hug for me next time you see her. But thank you for sharing your life and thank you for sharing uh, this time with me and with our audience. And folks know that no matter WTF happens in your life, it's happening for a reason. (laughs) And if you stand up and you're strong about it and you learn, you know, do your research and whatever's happening in your life, go forward in faith that it's all for the good. So my friend, you have any last things you want to tell anybody? We've got about a minute that you can share where you're going from here. And uh, thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I will leave you with is that I believe that what is between what we say we want, what we have is fear. And the way that we move past fear is through taking risks. And so I just call forth everyone to begin risking every day and you will watch your life transform. There you go. I did it by jumping out of a perfectly good airplane a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it was fun because I did it with my daughter. And it was an exciting moment to get past those fears because fear is false expectations appearing real. And it's all in our mind. And it's just that monkey chatter. And we can just blow it away to say, be gone. So my friend, Christy Arnett, thank you so much for sharing today with us. And I, I wish again, I wish you and Andrew the best. And for those that are out there, please Follow this conversation with us on our websites. Mine is The Woman Behind the Smile. Write to me at Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y, at The Woman Behind the Smile, and ChristyArnett.com. Follow Christy on her podcast, and join our women's, our women's movement to make our defining moments stand out and stand up and help the lives of others. So thanks, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Defining Moments. Be sure to join Debbie Montgomery Johnson for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Find your power this week.